from WIS Politics in Madison. You're listening to Capital Chats. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Capital Chats podcast brought to you by Spectrum. I'm Adam Kelnhofer, and unfortunately, I am here in the office in Madison uh, by myself because my colleague Kate Morton is luckily on vacation. So I am bringing you her interview with Senator Eric Wimberger about PFAS remediation efforts across Wisconsin. Um, these are efforts to get rid of PFAS contamination from groundwater sources. So let's just get right into the interview. All right. Thank you, Senator Wimber, for joining me today. You bet. Thanks. Yeah. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about your PFAS bill. Um, maybe you could just start off saying what your goal is for this legislation, what it aims to do, and kind of explain the basics of it. Well, it, it creates a structure for grant money. So it doesn't necessarily distribute the money. What it does is it affords the DNR the ability to kind of analyze what needs might be out there and, um, and then come back to the finance committee with, a, with a, those ideas, um, not only using the $125 million that is set aside for PFAS, but kind of whatever whatever other funds might be available to it. It kind of expands eligibility for water quality in relation to PFAS. It all, at the same time, um, very importantly, at least to me, is, uh, is that it affords some legal protections for innocent landowners as well. Okay. Yeah. I also wanted to talk about this bill is passed in the Senate, but the assembly has yet to act on it as far as holding a vote. So do you expect the bill to be approved in the assembly before the end of this session? I do. There was a bit of a delay in the late fall here um, to essentially have a chance to meet with the governor personally. We've been working with the DNR and the governor's staff fairly regularly, actually, uh, throughout the summer and early fall, but had a final face-to-face with the governor uh, a couple weeks back. So just the the way that timeline works with uh, scheduling to get on the floor of the Senate and the Assembly, we were able to get it on the Senate floor uh, before in November there, but uh, the Assembly will have to kind of get a little bit of a, a delay as a result. But I anticipate it to go to the assembly and it's the form that it's in. I, I, I don't anticipate any amendments. Okay. You mentioned speaking with the governor. What were his comments about this legislation? Do you get the impression that this is something he's on board with? He has cited some concerns. Um, he's made some statements publicly and those kind of were reiterated uh, about the nature of enforce, enforcement ability of the DNR. Um, now that it's very important to understand the dynamic, not just on getting clean water, but you have to get people clean water that they're going to drink or be able to use. So the legal protection that's going on is you're going to have a grant to fix your well, but you also have to be incentivized to go and test. So if you, if you end up doing a test and it comes back positive for PFAS, and that's flowing through your water table to the neighboring property. Now you are going to be defined under Section 292 as an emitter of a hazardous substance. So you're, you're going to have to disclose on your property when you want to sell it. You're going to have to tell your bank on your mortgage when they try to refinance it. You know, everything is amortized at 30-year rates or what have you. But 
in the details of your mortgage document is kind of a, a refinancing or re-signing of terms every three or five years or so. So if you're going to have have to disclose that you're a an emitter of a hazardous pollutant, well, your bank is going to call on that loan. Your your resale value is is in the gutter. It's evaporated. So you will never actually get to enjoy that clean water we're going to get you with a grant for your well because you're going to be either bankrupt or have to move or, or something like that. Um, so the legal protections on the side of making sure innocent landowners are taken care of um, and the bill as an, in total affords an ability to obtain clean water, incentivize testing because you won't be afraid of getting a bad result, um, and then on the back end provide those legal protections uh, so that your property value isn't destroyed by holding you um, not subject to remediation orders if you become an emitter. Okay, yeah, so it sounds like kind of trying to, I guess, protect the property values and the property owners. Um, I do want to ask a little bit more about the Innocent Landowner Grant Program you referred to. There have been some criticisms of that program and the bill from environmental groups, as you know, just concerns about DNR authority and that program maybe like letting polluters off the hook is what's been said. I guess, what are your impressions of that criticism and what have your conversations been like with those groups? Yeah, it's it's 100% demagoguery. This is this is the worst of politics because when you hear the words doesn't hold polluters accountable or it, it lets polluters off the hook, it instills in your mind's eye some concept of a manufacturer or um, some sort of industry that's dumping it into the ground and they're not going to be held accountable. Um, but this does nothing to the legal liabilities on that dynamic at all. In the spills law, you're going to, so what they're doing is they're creating that characterization and there's a bunch of different definitions piled into that term polluter. But what it really means, what they're really specifically talking about is different types of emitters. And you can be the point source emitter, which would be a manufacturer or something like that. Um, but if you are just living next to those people, let's say you're in the town of Peshtigal, there, there's a known point source, but it's going towards the Bay of Green Bay. And that's probably what, three or four miles from the point source. As it, as it goes into your property, you're not an emitter, but then it just travels past that property line into your neighbor's property. Now you are an emitter. And, and by definition, you are now a polluter. And the bill doesn't hold you accountable. It, it gives you, um, uh, uh, it doesn't hold you accountable as, as long as you let the DNR go on there and do what the DNR needs to do to well, well testing or whatever. Um, but what they're doing is they're conflating terms of what a polluter is by including an innocent landowner and an industrial source into the same definition of polluter and not being specific enough to um, parse those terms apart. And uh, so when they say it doesn't hold polluters accountable, you can't say they're lying. They're just calling an emitter, an innocent landowner, a polluter, and they're not giving you the rest of that information. Okay, I see. Um, I also want to touch on, you mentioned the 125000 set aside for the... 125 million, yeah. 
sorry, <laughs> 125 million. Yes. That um, is closer to what would be appropriate. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to ask about that amount. Do you think that will be enough to combat this issue? Uh, highly unlikely. Um, but the thing is, we don't know the extent of things um, a lot. And I, I can only give you anecdotal information that I personally experienced that a lot of farmers, at least in my area, are averse to testing their wells because they're once they get that result, um, then obviously they're on the, their skyline as an emitter. So I think that once once people are less worried about their making the choice between their health or their financial security, um, and they're willing to test, it'll be a much more widespread and known. Um, but uh, to give you a kind of a concept of of costs, I think Wausau, when they upgraded their plant recently, was a forty million dollar project. Um, the the bill envisions uh, putting treatment facilities at uh, landfills, rather so the leachate would be treated at the landfill rather than mixed in with the biosolids to kind of cut all cut out the introduction of PFAS into the biosolids for farms. So each one of those kind of micro treatment plants is going to be in the ballpark of two to four million dollars, I believe. And there's maybe 30, 30 landfills, public, at least 30 public uh, landfills um, in the state. And uh, and so at each one of those locations, so you're, it's already racking up to a to a lot just on some of these mid-size mid -size cities and then the landfill issue itself, uh, let alone all the wells and all, <clears throat> all the private, uh, private wells and stuff like that to fix. So the 125 million and whatever is in other kind of uh, el eligible grant funds, um, I think I just have a spider sense that it's not gonna be enough, but um, hopefully the DNR can at least start once this is, uh, once the governor signs this uh, to, uh, to then kind of boil down some numbers better. Yeah, could you see the legislature stepping in in the future if this 125 million is approved to kind of build on that in order to further combat PFAS in the state? I do. There's a, um, regardless of what you think of PFAS, because there are still some people out there who, who um, might not, might not take the, might not take it as seriously or don't think it's a, as much of a hazard as people say, um, regardless of what you might think about PFAS and its actual health effects, um, it, how, how bad or how, how not as bad, um, we are going to be bound by Chapter 160 in the state code to adopt whatever federal standards come about. So at some point in time, the EPA is going to get around to groundwater standards. And when that happens, we're going to be required to adopt them. And uh, and then we have to be on the ready to be able to react to that by um, by getting to that, that, at least to that level, but uh, perhaps even uh, a better level. Yeah, it definitely seems like we'll have a long ways to go, but uh, thank you for joining me for the podcast. I appreciate it. You bet. And I uh, would encourage Governor Reavers to take account for, for what we're trying to accomplish here, that the limitation on DNR authority is specifically for innocent landowners. And without the two pieces of the grants and the, and the legal protection, um, we will get nice, cool, clean glasses of water for people that they'll never drink.
All right. Thank you, Kate, for bringing us that interview with Senator Wimberger. If our listeners want to read more about PFAS remediation efforts and other groundwater issues, they can head over to our website at wispolitics.com. But for now, I'm Adam Kelnhofer. Thanks for tuning in to Wispolitics Capital Chats, brought to you by Spectrum. Spectrum.